Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Alyssa Venice. Uh, she's an actor and a writer and she's best known for her role in Molly's Game and a couple of other things too which we're going to get into but those are, that's probably her most notable thing. So welcome. Thank you for having me Heather. My pleasure. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I'm excellent, thanks. And just for everyone listening, just so that you guys uh, know, um, Everyone has obviously been quarantined, and so I do apologize in advance for any uh, audio issues. We are doing this over Zoom, so um, uh, please be forgiving and patient with uh, the audio. We're just trying to figure this out as best as we can. So a little disclaimer for you guys. Um, but Alyssa, welcome. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I always like to jump right into each guest and tell me about okay. where you were born and raised. To, um, sorry, the audio cut out a oh little my bit. Gosh. Tell you about tell, where Walmart, you, I know that's okay. Um, where you were born and raised? Born and raised. Okay, so I was born in Markham, Ontario, uh, which is in Canada. Raised here, uh, my family and I we moved around a lot growing up. My dad was a stock trader, so you know, in stock trading, you can make a lot of money and you can lose a lot of money. So. You know, some days I didn't know if I was really rich or I was really broke. And so throughout my whole life, it was like up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, I've seen him lose 400000 in a day, make 400000 in a day. So oh we started off, uh, yeah, uh, we started off in a small house in uh, Markham and he had done really well. We ended up building, my parents decided to build their own house from the ground up. So that took a few years while they did that. We moved around Scarborough, Richmond Hill, uh, back to Markham, and then finally moved into that house in Richmond Hill. But yeah, growing up in Markham has been great. It's been a... Can I ask where exactly? Because I actually started in Markham too. Where exactly? It was... Oh my gosh. So I'm not the worst at GPS directions. It was like near... Near... What is that intersection? Like, um, there's like Warden and Seven. There, were you closer to Seven or Sixteenth? I think I was closer to Sixteenth. Okay, what elementary school did to you go court. to? What? I went to Wesley Christian Academy. Okay, I don't even know that school somehow. But sorry, what was it the was, street? Do you know where Millican Mills was? Yes. Ex okay. Okay, so I was like 10 minutes away from there. Okay, Like perfect. 10, 15 away from there. Where did you grow up? So like, um, maybe like 10 minutes, uh west of Millican Mills oh my gosh so, wait so you're like a Markham kid too <laughs> yeah yeah so actually do you where Unionville High is yeah yeah I have a lot of friends who are from Unionville I went to Brother Andre oh my god are you really my husband's entire family went there what what year are you born I'm 1990 oh me too <laughs> I'm 90 but <laughs> Okay, so I'm 90, but I was in the grade of 89, so I, like, I, I skipped or something, like, early on, so I was with 89 kids, um, but I'm born in 1990. You, you, like, you moved ahead. Yes, in, like, kindergarten or something early on. Oh, so I'm, and, damn girl. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why, to really be honest, but, um, but so I didn't know as many, although I'm 90, I didn't know as many 90 kids because that was the grade younger than me because I was okay. left like the 89. But still, that's so funny. So I'm sure we know like many mutual people if you went to Brother we Andre. probably have. I mean, some of them are famous now. 
like oh Mina Masood. Yes, exactly. I forgot he went to from the Aladdin. <laughs> was in my grade ten drama class. Was it actually? That's insane. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and he, I remember he was actually the best. He was the most entertaining to watch. I will never forget that. Um, and then Steven Stamkos. Oh yeah, hockey player. My, my he was in my English class. <laughs> no way. My husband like grew yeah. up with him and played hockey with him and stuff too. And his oh no way. Of course, it's like course. a super small world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting now to see because I think now like I just turned thirty on Saturday, so like you're turning thirty this year too, right? Wait, your birthday just passed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh my God! Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Wait, so what did, what did you do for your thirtieth? Were you quarantined? We were quarantined. Yeah, I did absolutely nothing, and I was like, uh, I had all these plans, and I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Uh, but you have you have a baby, right? You have no. a kid. No, I don't. No, you don't. No. Why did I? Think a kid i don't know i don't, I don't know so. either <laughs> <laughs> okay. no i was like oh did they bake you a little cake or <laughs> yeah something? i think my friend my really good friend baked me a cake and like dropped it off or like curried it which was yeah it was really nice of her and like my That's other friend so- like sent me a bottle of champagne so like it could have been worse but um well hey <laughs> yeah, we just I had like we I was well I was with my husband too so like it wasn't terrible um That's but yeah we just did nothing <laughs> And how long have you been married? That's awesome. Um, I have been married for, for this August will be four years. Congratulations! That's so awesome. I'm turning thirty in two months. Oh, nice! So May tenth, and I'm like, am I going to be stuck in my house by myself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> however, however, this year my birthday lands on Mother's Day. Oh. So everyone will be celebrating something, probably, if their moms are, you know, around still and whatever. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's interesting now that we're all, like, sort of 30 or, like, you know, in our later 20s, like, we actually have the time to see what, like, people have had time to accomplish stuff, including yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. Um, and so, like, growing so, sorry, I want to get back to, like, that interesting story that you were saying, like, how you just, like, were watching your dad all the time, like, win and lose, and was that, did that, like, scare you, or did that, did that excite you? So, I think that had a big effect on me growing up, primarily because my outlooks on, um, the different classes in society, it's very, I'm not biased as to thinking, oh, I really want to be really rich because that'll bring me happiness. Or, um, oh, I'm really poor, so I can't be happy. Like, when I see these things, it doesn't... I, I almost feel like everything can change in, in the blink of an eye, as we are, are experiencing, like, right now. Things can be one way one day, and the next day completely different. And so, um, when it comes to even people's success in life... It's important to treat other people. I've learned the same all the way across the board because, like, for instance, people's successes can change overnight too. And I've been in a situation where um, I was working on background one day on a job, and there was this uh, wardrobe person who was super rude to me. He was really rude. He was like, oh, get over there, like, really attitudeish with me. Next thing you know, I booked a movie. And it was called Angry Angel. And he had to bring me my clothes. He had to put my shoes on my feet. It was an actor role. And he was completely sucking up to me where just a few weeks before, this guy was the rudest. And it just goes to show, like, 
things change. Um, so back to what you were saying about my dad and what happened with him um, gaining losing money. It was just, I never knew if I was rich or poor. So, I, I don't know. It's so, there's so many things in my head right now that I'm remembering that I just, I like flashbacks of things where one time he got really rich, he bought a Ferrari, and um, I used to work out with some girls, and I remember my, they'd see my dad drive by and be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, that's your dad, oh my gosh, like, um, can I have this number, like, I should meet him, I can be your new stepmom, blah, 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 because my parents would split, and I was like, people would be extra nice to me because of what my dad had, and it, at the time, I wasn't on the best terms with my dad after my parents had split, and I kind of, it made me almost resent money, mm. because I was like, wow, people are so low, and we had to sell my house in Richmond Hill because my dad had lost a ton of money. Um, you know, every day coming home, not knowing whether you're rich or broke, it almost makes you, it's so unstable. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like something I'm really looking for for myself is to be always secure, being able to find something that, will make myself income and will bring me my own stability. Um, when my parents split up, it made me, my mom always instilled in me to be independent, but when they split up, I was kind of like, okay, now I really, really just need to go get mine. And that affected me a lot. I think that's what really drove a lot of my accomplishments, if, if that's what you want to call them, my um, successes. I really pushed hard because I almost felt like after seeing what my mom went through, like I never want to be that woman that depends on a man mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that can't make her own money. Like I want to give myself security and stability. Um, to this day, I think I'm the exact same way. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with what I went through growing up, seeing my parents and seeing what my dad did. My mom did not always approve of his trades. So she, you know, they'd come, I'd come home to arguments like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do with the house? Where are we going to live? And then other nights we're eating out every single night for like two months, every night in the row, eating out, throwing parties at our house, hosting things. And then next day, we're going to have to sell the house. Like, it's just crazy. Oh, like, you never, oh, you have to switch schools. Like, how are you going to pay for this? How are you going to pay for that? So maybe it also made me a little unrealistic as to, you know, oh, things will always work out. <laughs> things don't always work out. <laughs> but I think to a certain yeah. extent, like, they can, they can, or you can, like, change your view to be like, oh, they're, they do work out or they are going to work out or something. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe if you, like, just change sort of, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, it is a mindset. Um I guess it's knowing, I, okay, let me, let me rephrase that. If we don't do the right things and prepare properly, they will not work out. Yes. So it's important to have a plan, um, to be smart about the things we do, the choices we make, and not just assume, oh, it's okay, like, we'll make it all back, like, tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know? 
It's interesting. It's so interesting to me that you still ended up choosing acting because like most people would probably hear that and be like, oh, that's like, you know, I could picture you like somebody maybe in your situation wanting to go to like, you know, a bank job or like a, a teacher position or something like the most stable thing ever. You cut out, what did you oh, say? Sorry. Oh, what kind of job? Like I would picture maybe somebody wanting um, in your position to get like a teacher job or like something like the most stable ever. But it interests me a lot that you still went for um acting and i like because because like most people would be like it's the most unstable thing ever but i wonder if maybe it's because like you're in control of it that you feel or like what do you think like what made you sort of want to get into that do you think so i think so when i started going to acting the one thing i'll say about my parents is they always told me to go after my dreams they always both my mom and my dad said hey you can do anything you want they told me, you can't do everything, but you can do anything. Um, if you work hard, uh, feel free. Like, go for it. My dad um, is very, he, my, both of my parents are very competitive. And that's probably why they clashed a lot. But they're very competitive. And um, they, my dad, they both had really high standards. So my brother was always you know, in tennis tournaments or trying to accomplish something. I started in dance and I loved competing. And I think maybe why I also believed I could do it was seeing the unrealistic things in my life happen. Like, okay, dad made this much millions of dollars. Okay, it's anything's possible. If I want it, I can get it because my dad can do it because they can do whatever they want. So I can do it. Maybe now I'm more security is really important to me. Whereas before I was very like, Mm. I don't know, I'm just going to go for, I'm glad I was unreasonable because I'm glad of what, what I did and the risks I took. Um, because now, even after the whole moving to LA thing, I don't know at at this point, I probably wouldn't do the crazy things I did two years ago. (laughs) Like I just won't do it. Not the way that I did, but I'm glad that it was instilled in me to go for it from that age. Like, um, so I guess that was the benefit of seeing my dad just fly off the rails and risk everything. Interesting. Um, another quick question for you. Where, where did you dance? I just, cause I'm, I, this has happened to me before. Where, can Are I you dance? Dancer? Yeah. Are you a dancer? Okay. Where did, you, you were dancing. What kind of dance did you do? Uh, all, all of it. And I competed too. So ballet, tap, jazz, like uh, the whole nine yards. <laughs> and I was dancing at a place in Markham, um, that I always forget the name of. I don't know why. It's like such a touchy. Was like... it was it elite? No, but I don't elite. know elite. Is that where you danced? Okay, that's I danced that elite. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when I was little, I started in ballet tap, but when I competed, it was like hip hop, jazz at Elite Dance Works. Oh, nice. Where did I you, know you that don't remember the name of your studio? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> weird. And I, I literally like I've always rem- I always like find out. Oh yeah, that's what it was called. I think it was called. Oh, it was called Markham Dance Workshop. That's what it was called. Okay. It's, okay. It was like Macowan nice. area. Like it was kind of near BA to be honest. Okay. So, oh yeah, like the 16th area. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did you dance for? How long did I dance for? Yeah. Um, like- I danced from like three till about 10. And then uh, like know. my parents split as well. And like my mom passed away and I moved. So like I had to essentially stop doing it. So it was like so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But where I did you go after Markham? I moved to Aurora. 
You went to Aurora. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's far out. <laughs> I know. Well, it, now it's like really not. I mean, but like, trust me, when I was yeah. a kid and I was driving there for the first time, I was like, where the fuck am I going right now? Like, I yeah. was so freaked out. But it ended up being like it's like it's developed and all that stuff but you know it's probably better that you did you probably were more level-headed because i don't know i think it's there's a lot more nature there's a lot more space yeah in Aurora. Well, i don't know compared to markham like it's kind of more or less the same thing it's just like smaller it's just okay you know what i mean like it's a suburban sort of like small-ish did I don't you, know. you like it like Girl, like being there, <laughs> like I'm, I'm grateful for my years there. I made friends. Like it could have been much worse. Yeah. It, it was really boring at times. But like I don't live there anymore. I'm. I don't think I ever would live there. Um, yeah. Like I was happy to like have time there and then leave. But like it, it wasn't like bad by any means. But it was just like mm-hmm. lack of things to do and stuff like that. But yeah. Anyway, um, no. I just wanted to ask you because I was curious because that's happened to me. I, I met somebody else like recently. And I was like, oh my God, you look so familiar. And like, I was following her on Instagram. We had a bunch of mutual friends. And then I was like, oh my God, we were dance friends. And I was like, where did you, or she posted something from like her dance studio. And I was like, I went there. And then something happened. It turned out we had like, like we were like really good dance friends. She used to come over to my house all the time, but like we didn't know because we were so young. Anyway, um, I didn't mean to turn that around uh, on me. No, 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 no. That's that's interesting. It's like, she's there, but you never, like you probably hung out and you didn't even realize that you were in the same friend circle no we did because then I moved and then like no it's not like we had any way to keep in touch with anybody like once I moved I pretty much lost touch with everyone that sort of I grew up with in Markham because how the hell it's all like we don't have so we didn't have social media we didn't have Instagram back then like we do now where everyone's like a click away and like photos just popping up everywhere so yeah like we had our parents landline and like that was it right so like there was just no way to like keep in touch or whatever but um anyway cool okay so I want to ask Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. You're, you're, go I was ahead. gonna say, do you miss dancing? Like, oh I feel like that's God. one thing that I, I like, it misses from my life. It's like a an art form for. Well, I mean, it is a dan- an art form for your body, but like, do you miss it? Because me and my sister talk, and she's three years younger than me, and we both are like, oh my gosh, the one thing that I miss is like dance class, like just dancing, yeah. performing. I miss it like all the time, every day. I um. Mm-hmm. I have even tried to, like, I've gone and done, like, classes, just, like, dropping classes, but probably you would relate to this as well, being a competitor, like, I'm either, like, all in, or I'm not in at all, so to do a drop-in class, like, it's it's fun, but I'm like, okay, I want to come back tomorrow and, like, work on this further and perfect it and then compete somewhere and, like, perform it, like, that's the way my brain goes, I can't just, like, drop in, okay, the recital is gonna be here in, like, a year, yeah, like, but it's not, (laughs) exactly, where did you, uh, where did you take your drop-ins? Um, all over Toronto, like a, a bunch of the okay. underground, um, I've done some other just like, uh, like, um, sort of one-off classes at like random studios with teachers from the underground that have done like other classes, other places. Um, and then like, I kind of am get, I'm, I really loving TikTok because it's like very oh. fancy. So I'm trying to like learn it, especially now I have time. I know it's like, it's so bad. I, it's addicting. Yeah. Like, it's almost like I feel guilty. 
Oh, like I'm on there, and like I'm like, yo, it's been like an hour. I need a life. <laughs> but what I'm loving is like I'm going and learning the dances. Like the other night, I learned the Meg the Stallion like Savage dance. It took me like two hours because like I'm so rusty with learning choreography. But I'm like, and it's so such a simple dance. But I spent the time. I learned it. I did it, and I recorded it. And I was like, that felt amazing. Like I was so happy to just like you do recorded it. it. Yeah. Why don't you post it? I did. It's you on my. Shit. It's on my I Instagram and my TikTok. <laughs> I'm, okay, yeah, so, okay, so the last couple of days, I've actually been mentally like, okay, I am going to take a break a couple of days off social media, just, so maybe that's why I haven't seen your post yet. Yeah, for probably, but yeah, you could go check it out later, but it's, yeah, it's like, so that's what I love, how it's like a very, like, dance-based app, because I'm, like, sort of getting back into it, and, like, I always tell my husband this, yeah. too, I'm like, they're, like, there will, I will have it in my life for the rest of my life, and hopefully when I'm, like, have so much more money I will like I would love to do like instead of having like a trainer like a gym trainer like five days a week I would love to do like three or four days of that and then have like a per, uh, like a dance instructor like come and work with me to like dance like in place of like exercise and like that would be like weekly though and like work on stuff you know what I mean so that's what like the, a goal of mine <laughs> and then I'll like have a, dance in my like life. a PT dance instructor um, no, like, so, like, just a regular dance instructor, but, like, in the same capacity where, like, a trainer would come to your house and, like, train you, like, just having, like, oh. an instructor come to, like, privately train me. Oh, my God, that's interesting. That's There's a thought. A, right? Cause I wonder, I wonder if they have, like, dance coaches on YouTube that do, I mean, I'm sure they do tutorials. Girl, you could do that right now. Exactly. <laughs> hey, actually, I'm, that's where I, I learned the Megan Stallion dance because somebody posted on their Instagram story a tutorial on how to do it. And you're and like, like, perfect. A few minutes. And I was like, all right, sweet. I don't have to watch this TikTok over and over. <laughs> yeah, no, because sometimes it's like so fast and I'm like, I need to, to be broken down. But yeah, I've done that with so many of my, like I have a couple other friends that uh, dance like their whole life too. But it's, like, it's really hard as well because it, like once you hit 18, they're like, okay, see ya, you don't dance anymore. And it's like been your life for 18 years. And it's like, well, now mm -hmm. what? You either like try to make a living out of it or like you, a lot of people just quit. So yeah. I've had so many friends that like we get together and like just to have like a drink or whatever and we end up like putting tutorials on, on tv on YouTube. do you do that yeah oh yeah and like we're learning them oh the whole God, night because so we both awesome. like we both love to dance and we're like why like and we both stopped and we're just like why don't we like learn we oh yeah i had like this one night with my friend like a couple of years ago we learned like all um like all like those like just like trendy dances that were going around like yeah. um i can't even remember it like there was so like the whip what is yeah, it oh yeah the, whip um, nanny I mean, like millie the, rock like yeah. we were learning like <laughs> the all, yeah it was so funny so we were just like whatever this is so much fun so anyway that, that's another way to like kind of keep it in your life but anyway that's a goal to just have like you know somebody come over and like but like work, work with me because i just mm -hmm. i'm sure you know this too like once you uh, get out of it like once you've been like a competitor and then you're not anymore like if I don't pick up choreography mm -hmm. quickly I'm like oh my god like something's not working but it's like no I've just yeah. that muscle hasn't been trained but like whereas I used it's to be able to watch something once and I would know it right away you know yeah so, like what we can bank on is our muscle memory though it's true. because it only takes like a couple sessions I think the biggest thing also is like our mindset of you know we tell ourselves I'm too old for this now like I'm I'm too old but then we look at J-Lo, and it's like, hold she's on. She's my muse, I know. Girls, she's like 50-something, so technically, even if even if I started today, I've got 20 years to catch up to her. Exactly. Like, that's crazy. If you think about it like that, 20 years to catch up to her and then start dancing. Like, we're not. We just tell ourselves, oh, we're too old. I'm a grown-up now. I'm an adult. And it's like, says who? Who says what adults are allowed to do? Mm -hmm. Like. 
I, and why don't we should decide exactly and i'll be honest with you i've like let that go now and i'm totally like i don't give a shit i'll just decide whatever like i kind of in my like 20 i think when i turned 26 27 i was like i'm in my late 20s now i was like freaking the fuck out and yeah. i was like i'm old and then i finally like let go of that and like even turning 30 everyone's like were you freaking out to, to turn 30 and i was like no i'm like gonna embrace it and every like older woman that i speak to is like my 30s were my best decade of my life there were my if i could go back to any decade it would be the 30s i've heard that i'm like yeah. cool i'm just I'm actually started. excited for it yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for it because uh, there almost are no rules if anything you have more freedom than you did right yeah because you care it's all perception it's literally all perception it's so true um Um, okay so I want to ask you about um just a little bit so I know you grew up in in Markham and you're uh and you were a dancer obviously and like you're watching your family and like you have a very unique perspective on life very early because not very many people have grown up that way um so what happened like when you were getting out of high school like did you go to college at all or like what was sort of that time in your life okay so this is also really interesting kind of uh when i got out of high school i did one year at york university uh i went in for business economics but i could not it was really difficult for me to sit in a lecture for three hours i would get up every half an hour and walk around i would just leave and walk around and i'm like i'm not cut off this as much as I was interested I was like I feel like I'm I'm wasting my creativity I just feel like my passions I should go after them and not just go to this place because people say you should so and again my parents didn't really have conventional jobs so I was also like I don't want to go be a analyst or this or that like not that there's anything wrong with it I think having a stable job is amazing when you're young and you know this as a dancer and you're creative, even now, it's like you need at some point, we feel like we have to express it. So I was also kind of, I'm a middle child. So my brother is two years older than me. We're born on the same day. My sister's three years younger than me. Yeah. And <laughs> I was that's telling, so crazy. I was the best just... gift you ever got. <laughs> yeah, he hates it. <laughs> um, but so when I got out of university after that first year, my parents had divorced while I was in high school and my dad had moved out when he moved out again, he's a stock trader. So when he moved out, he was just making so, so money, right? Like he wasn't, we weren't bad off, but we also weren't super wealthy. Um, so when he left, my mom stayed in Markham, he moved downtown Toronto to a condo and my mom and I weren't on good terms. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm leaving. I'm moving in with dad. So 18 years old, I go move in with my dad. Uh, I find out, you know, he's now, he's got a Ferrari. He's got a Beamer 7 Series. He is super, doing super well, like making tons of money now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like 19. He lets me drive the Beamer. This is the first taste of real freedom I have. So that's also how I networked and got into the industry. I spent a lot of time in Toronto, just hanging out, meeting people, um, embracing my freedom, and I got into fitness. So right after York University, I started working out, training really hard for a year, and I ended up competing. That time was just nuts. That's when I really got into like fitness modeling and taking pictures and bikinis and and then from there going into commercials and then oh like 
I can do stunts because I have a fitness background. So I trained in Taekwondo and martial arts. And I, all I did was train and train. And then one day my dad was like, okay, um, I met this woman and I want to sell everything and live a simple life. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean you want to just live the simple life? What is, what simple life are you talking about? Mind you, I was in like a couple of drinks, music videos, music videos here and there. I'm like, okay, this stuff is popping. Like these parties are cool. I'm like, so where am I going to live? I can't afford this place by myself, but I'm going to put up like, you know, I can't do that. So I had to move back in with my mom and he basically moved out to Cambridge. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Currently is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like really simple and, uh, life. Really simple, yeah. And had um, your two siblings stayed with your mom this whole time? Were you the only one that moved out? They stayed with my mom this whole time. Uh, I had actually, after, I only was there for a bit before I got out and moved back around downtown. I ended up dating somebody. We moved into like the Yorkville area uh, for a while. And then, yeah. All around. Nice. <laughs> Relationships are a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's basically what I did after. I went to fitness modeling and then commercials and then stunts and uh, landed some roles, got my actor credits. And uh, Wait, so you, you, you kind of got your start with, I didn't even know you did, or maybe you had mentioned to me that you did some stunt stuff, but like, so what kind of, like, can you tell me about some of the things that you did? Let's see. So the first people I met were actually in the stunt industry. I was, um, I had joined this Taekwondo school and it was called Black Belt World by Tommy Chang. And I would literally bus from Markham there like every day. It took me two hours to get there, two hours back. And I'm like, no, I'm going to get really good at Taekwondo. And I guess through networking in the industry, I was really lucky to meet um, this female stunt coordinator named Angelica who kind of took me under her wing and was like, this is the industry. I'm going to look out for you. Um, I know what you can do um, and I want to give you a shot. So she also helped me out. She put me in uh, this movie. I was in The Best Man Holiday. So it was... Oh, I do with, know uh, that Yeah, I was stunt doubling for Melissa D'Souza. Okay. And uh, in the scene, I guess, I, we get in a fight with um, Regina Hall. And Morris Chestnut comes running out. And he has to pick me up off the girl. And I'm, like, kicking my legs and stuff. And so that was really, really fun. Uh, I also did, like, some music videos. Which is really funny because I did a music video called Weapon. And the whole thing was me kicking, like, five guys' butts. And this guy takes my heart. I get my heart back. And one of the guys I was fighting was Simu Liu, who's actually going to be the first Asian lead character of Marvel. Um, wow. Or Marvel's first lead character, yeah. And it, that's what I mean. Like, it's so cool to see people in your that you work with blow up. Just, yeah. like, it's incredible. It shows you anything is possible. You put in the hard work. Um, you work with integrity. Great person. Like, I can't remember any... And he, I have no bad thoughts about him. All I remember is he was a really hard worker and he was a really nice guy. And I feel like people with strong integrity, they go far, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was <laughs> kind of my stunt. I, That's yeah, amazing. I've done different, different stunt things, but... Mm -hmm. So, when you did um, Best Man Holiday, did, you, did that get you into SAG? 
No. Or was um, it? So SAG, I think we talked about this briefly before. SAG is a, there's a few requirements to get into SAG. Like you have to have had um, your full actor for at least a year. Oh, so but is that because you're Canadian? Yeah. Okay. So SAG is American. So yeah, because I'm Canadian, um, to get my SAG, I needed my full actor for a year and I had to have both like a principal role within that time and had that for the year, which I did. So I was able to apply. And then I think it costs you like 3000 something for your SAG dues and then boom, your SAG. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm not sure how, how it works for them to get their SAG in America. Um, off the bat i'm not really sure but as a canadian like yeah that's kind of how it goes are you you're in because you're interested in getting your sag right like you're working no well yeah i just yeah for like voice and whatnot i was always just curious about the um the path because i know it is different for canadians than it is americans Mm -hmm. um so yeah i was just always and i've heard like literally all different like every time I ask somebody else, they tell me a different thing. And even the actress lady herself has told me something else. So really, yeah. So I'm not like really worried about it. I'm just going to like, I'm kind of curious, like what they said. I'm like, is there a different way that no one told me about? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think she probably knew more about Actra to be honest. Cause she was like an oh. actor rep. Um, oh, okay. but, um, yeah anyway so no. And it's funny. Cause I always hear even from interviews with like other actors and whatnot, um, just like their story about how they got into SAG or like or actor or whatever and it's always it's literally always different because I guess there's just really so many ways and like you can do it through background or like stunts or whatever how you did it and or part of how you did it and yeah it's just interesting like um lucky for you though I heard because I was just on that webinar call with actra about what they're doing for COVID and uh they were saying even though all the productions have stopped filming and casting well there's some self-tapes people are doing but that people who do voiceovers are good to go yeah like yeah. apparently it's like, I'm like the time I'm like, oh my God. yeah it's like Heather seriously is probably like <laughs> mm-hmm. yo that's so sick because you can still work yeah even and like I have a booth at my house where like I'm obviously stuck so it's been I know I'm really trying to like capitalize on this right now and I think like um a lot of people are are like reverting like I feel like I have a feeling we're going to see like so much like animation coming out in the next because like if we're depending on how long this lasts like that people are just going to be forced to like kind of do that type of stuff I guess just draw just create anything that takes their mind off (laughs) yeah exactly um okay that's so cool oh sorry what were you gonna say no I was just gonna say like keep pushing for it you have your voice reel you have your tapes like send that out mm-hmm. like go get it if it's there because how many people are really thinking work right now a lot of people are thinking the opposite a lot of people are like oh well chill netflix and i think it's the people who don't do that who like try to be more productive when everything comes out of this like they're gonna be further ahead so yeah it's so true it'll be interesting to see the the girl. Ways. <laughs> thank you i will <laughs> Um, okay, so you did some stunt stuff, and then, like, so we're, I want to know, like, were you ever in your head, like, okay, I'm gonna, like, do acting, and, like, this is what I'm gonna do, or were you just kind of, like, rolling with it, and, like, whatever sort of came your way, like, you were kind of trying? So, I always, there were two things I wanted to do. I wanted to make music, I wanted to sing and write, and I wanted to act, and I wanted to do my own stunts. Uh, I knew that doing stunts could get me my credits because uh, to become actress, you do need, I don't know what it is now, but for me, because I was 
like diverse I could I needed three credits so I was like all right I can get a, I got some credits through commercials doing stunts I got some from acting and then I stunts also pays really high so in a stunt you could be making like a thousand you can make thousands doing just stunts and if you're a stunt actor that's the highest pay you can get so I'm like, all right, and I still to this day, I want to do my, I want to be a stunt actor where I, well, not a stunt actor, but I want to act and be able to do certain stunts. Like, there's things that maybe I can't or won't do, like drop from like, a however high story building. That's just not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not the person you ask to go bungee jumping. I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was never like, I'm just going to be a stunt woman. Because I like to use my voice. Like, I want to be seen. I want to talk. And I want to be a character. So, for me, my goal was not just stunts ever. I wanted to write music. So, I tried that for a while. And I sang. And I also learned a lot in doing that about the industry. And I'm not a big fan of the music industry. Especially where it's going right now. It's great. Not that I'm... Okay, I don't want to say I'm not a big fan of it. But myself dealing with all the things that come along with it i don't really want to deal with it and and what are some of those things in particular those (laughs) so those things are like just uh (laughs) let's see Mm -hmm. i see i want to talk about it without getting into it let's say the, the the politics about it or how you have to really fight for your rights and I guess to own your creative property how to not get screwed with that the copyrights the ideas you know when you're working with people you have to work with people you trust trusting people in that industry is hard working with males in that industry is hard and I've been screwed by that right like just protecting your creative works people don't have your back it's hard for i guess also you have to be surrounded by the right people and i think if i was really really passionate about it and dedicated i would think it's worth it but to me i don't love it enough for it to be worth to it take the hits. you know what i mean yeah. like a thousand percent i it, i don't love it. acting i will go filming it film i will go through the hoops for it because it's something that I really love. So I'll take the risks. I will buy my car and drive to LA. I will, you know, mm-hmm. you're more protected in that industry too. Cause it's union regulated versus the music exactly. industry, the wild, wild west. It's like, there's nothing that protects anybody or anything. I mean, there is so can that can protect, but they can only protect oh, to an right. extent because when you're working with people and they take your ideas or they make it seem like they're doing you a favor, but really they're helping themselves before it even gets to SoCan, before it even gets to the artist you wrote for. It's like, there's nothing. No, it's all, it's just word of mouth. Oh, he said, she said, right. So mm-hmm. whereas acting, it's not that way. Yeah. Um, can you please tell us about the experience writing? Um, what, what was it called? The down with, it was down with Webster, right? I always get, down with Webster. Chills? Chills? Chills, yeah. Okay. So, which everyone listening knows that song. (laughs) (laughs) That song was actually originally for David Guetta. 
and it was a song called oh. Into the Blue. Yeah, and so the person I've been working with asked me for help. They're like, hey, listen to this beat. Like, if you think of anything, like, let me know. And so I did. I wrote literally a few lines on it, and I was like, you know, like, these chills didn't come from the cold. They came from you. That's, I guess, David Guetta didn't end up taking it. It ended up somehow crossing the paths of Down With Webster, and they decided to name the song, rename it Chills from that line and take that line and put it as the chorus, put it as the hook. And that whole song just completely changed, basically. Uh, so that's how Chills came about. It was totally So someone just called you for. and was like, hey, I need help? Well, basically, yeah. It was like okay. um, someone I was working with was like, hey, this is a song I'm thinking for Dave Guetta. And, uh, that's kind of how it worked out. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so did you, were, did you write your parts like just individually on your own and then like send them or was there ever like a group writing session? So for that one, that was just, that was another thing about the ideas where it was kind of like, I had sent them the, what I wrote, written and for two years, I didn't get any credit for that song at all. So, oh. yeah. So this is what I mean is the person apparently forgot that I wrote that on it, what the whole song ended up being based around. They forgot. So when it came to royalties, oh, fuck off. when it came to, mind you, yeah. So shady things like that where, oh, oops, forgot to mention, yet everybody else got paid for it who didn't even write anything on it um things like that made me kind of look at this whole industry like you know what this is not really i don't love it enough to keep to do this and to work with people i think i trust who i don't and no and then even when the label said oh, i'm gonna pay you such and such let's say x number of percent when it comes down to it after three years, oh, actually, it's a different number. It's a different percentage. Mm. And I'm not going to say what those numbers are, but it was enough for me to go, like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really, I haven't, don't really have a desire for this anymore. Yeah. I see. Um, when you first heard the song, were you, like, shocked at how it turned out? Or did you have somewhat of an idea of how it was going to sound? Of the song? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I saw it building up because they had different versions, right? And that person would send it back to me, play it back for me, and I could see the progress from where it started to where it came to. But I had no idea that it was going to be what it was. I didn't know it was going to go platinum. I didn't know it was going to be used in the Olympic. I had no, I could never have predicted any of that, right? Like, the funny story, too, is when I had been 18 or 19, I actually had auditioned to be one of the girls. My friend was a casting director for music videos, a mall. And he was like, hey, Alyssa, like, there's this casting for Down Webster to be a girl in there. Do you want to go? And at that point, I was like, gung-ho. I was like, yeah, anything. Let's give it a shot. I had auditioned for one of their music videos when I was, like, a teenager. That's crazy. Next thing you know, I'm writing one of their biggest Your songs. songs. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. So it's funny how, like, things change, right? Full circle, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and then tell me about like, uh, so how old were you when you wrote this song or co-wrote? So I think I was 
uh, what was it, 20, somewhere between, it won the 2015 awards, it was either 2013 or 2014. Okay, that, like, that to me is like down with Webster era. I was, I was probably like 24, I was probably like 24, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. where, where did you sort of pivot after that? Because you made the decision, you're like, hey, I don't love this enough to like be taking these hits. Um, did you say like, okay, I'm going to sort of like go to, you know, get down with like my acting and training and stuff like that? Or like, where, where did you sort of go after that? Let's see. So after that, yeah, after that, I went full throttle into, I think, did I go into acting? What did I do after that? Yeah, that was it. I went, I went right back to acting and I was trying to learn my craft. I started taking more lessons, more acting classes. And I think I, after that, to be honest, I just went through a lot of things personally. Like mm -hmm. I had to, I had gotten in a relationship and I had been very tainted by the whole music industry it took a it did a big number on my mental health going through that even writing like I had released my own project but I ended up drinking so much um when I first started writing I would never drink alcohol like I came from the fitness background right and I would never drink and when I started writing, there was just always alcohol around. Like, you know, there was creative, like, the producers, the writers, this, that. Alcohol all the time. So that, you know, things we repeatedly do become a habit. And I had become I, a drinker. And after that whole situation, it didn't just leave me. Even when I stopped writing and stuff, I was like, that was my coping mechanism. And I had to really deal with a lot of those vices after that time. So no lie, after 2015 to just about now, like I've gone through this crazy healing process. Um, it's taken me, it's taken me, I would say a good three years to like, it took me three years to heal from everything that I went through that started, it kind of started when I started getting into music. That's when I think my life took a downturn. Um, that's when I had to learn a lot of hard lessons because I made a lot of mistakes and I became somebody I did not like at all. So it was really bad. So that after that 2015 happened, Come around 2017, I had gotten in a relationship. And this is going to bring us to the story of the Vancouver thing. I got in a relationship after a lot of just messy things. I stopped really focusing on my career, and I just wanted to live my life. I was very distracted. So 2017, I'm in this relationship. Life is starting to change. It's getting better. Um, and then I was like, I really want to go for this acting thing now. I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it big and right. I'm going to go to LA. How am I going to get there? So for two years from 2015 to 2018 or yeah, 2016, 20 to 2017, I'm planning. How am I going to get 
to the States. So I found out how to apply for my own visa. I was like, I'm going to need a car in LA. So I found a car. I bought a car so that I could drive to LA. Um, and all of that took a lot of planning. Getting my visa was not easy. It took about two years to get my visa. And so fast forward a bit. I think this guy told me he wants to go to Vancouver too. He wants to go to LA too. So we made plans. Okay, well, we're going to go to Vancouver and then we're going to wait for my visa to go through and then probably go to LA. So two days before we're supposed to go to Vancouver, he like drive to Vancouver. He completely 360s turns into somebody completely different. See, this is stuff I wasn't sure I was going to talk about on here, but here we go. Here we go. <laughs> turns into somebody completely different. And without getting into the details of that, uh, it's just over. It just, the, the relationship just ends. Like, Did two he days have like a, like before. a freak out? Like, that he didn't want to... Um... Oh, wait, I just lost you on... The, oh, there you go. Um, so he... Um, honestly, to be honest, I should have known that he wasn't ready to know where he was in his life. Like, um, you know, he lived at home with his mom and I kind of knew like, this guy's not really where I am mentally, but you know, we, we see people in a different, we see them how we want to see them. Mm-hmm. And I've also learned not to be such a, as I'm a huge romantic. Sometimes it's been my downfall being that way. And I would, like, create these scenarios and imagine somebody like this. And, oh, it's going to be so perfect. And now I definitely refrain from that. I don't create stories in my head about people anymore when I meet them. I don't say, oh, he's going to be this. Because how many times it's not that way. So I had hoped, okay, finally I'm done dating. It will just be this guy. But I knew better, right? So long story short, so two days before, turns out it's cutting. And my sister, I'm like, we're going out tonight, like, you know, he's being this way. So we went out because my friend was uh, launching his clothing line or something. And she ended up meeting her current boyfriend that night, Nolan. He actually owns Baby Huey. He's like a... No yeah, he owns like one of these... Yeah, and it's so funny because the night I ended it with my guy, she meets her guy and they're still together. Wow, <laughs> oh my god! I know. It was like, well, I'm glad I brought you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then the next, I met a photographer there, actually. And he was like, he's like, uh, oh, like, I would love to shoot your headshot, your shots, or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm leaving basically tomorrow. He's like, we can shoot before. So one of my headshots, or it's black and white, but it was the day after all that happened. And I look so pissed off in this headshot. Like, even I don't even use it as a headshot anymore because I just look so angry and so mad because I was. It was, like, one of the worst days ever. Um, And I just felt completely, like, oh, my gosh, everything I ever thought about love and people and relationships and also life and career. And it just sucked. And I don't want any of it. And I'm sick of this city and I need to get out. And I'm so glad I'm going to Vancouver and I'm going to go alone. The next day, my parent, my mom was like, she knew what rough shape I was in. And she was like, I don't want you to do this on your own. And he's not going to go with you. So I'm going to step in. I'm going to go with you. So basically, 
Yeah, basically, I know she's the best. My mom is literally the best. Um, she drove, she and my stepdad drove, and I basically sat in the back of my car with my headphones listening to music, sleeping, and crying on and off the whole time. Like, I was oh just such God. a wreck going to Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> That's so nice that it was, she, like, recognized that you needed someone to go with you, though, and, like, just help you through uh-huh. that. Yeah. So, I get there. They helped me move into the place I was at. It was really nice. Like, I ended up finding this sweet spot, like, Coal Harbor, and I just healed. I, I, it was the first time I lived alone. Like, every time I lived around, you know, Toronto and stuff, I had a roommate or like, um, you know, someone I was, I was seeing or something, but it was the first time I was like, damn, I have so much time by myself. Cause my roommate there, he, he was in, uh, he tutored people. He was like a really smart guy. He was like in some business things. So he was never there in the day. He was there at night. So I never really saw him and he was completely chill. So I also had to deal with a lot of mental things about my own weight because when I was, doing the music thing I almost at one point became like an almost anorexic like I had I was so skinny when I first moved back to my mom's house that she was like like they my whole family was worried they're like what what are you like what happened to you because at that time when I was making music I didn't talk to my mom for like nine months like we were on bad terms yeah so were you purposely like not like not eating or was were you just stressed that like you just were losing weight um i just had it was weird because i was in i had a crazy work ethic i would like but i was doing a lot of bad things to my body like i would wake up and train not eat anything i was drinking all the time and training all the time and just not really eating and um after the whole fitness thing, like, even my own, I had such, I realized now, back then I didn't see any of it, I was, like, I've had such a high standard that I set for myself, where I thought, like, I have to be this, A, to be loved, or to love myself, or to, to prove myself to who, I'm not really sure, I think I had to learn to validate myself, instead of looking for it outside of myself, um, so, yeah, so when I went to Vancouver, all this stuff I'm talking about now, I had to just uncover it all and figure it out. So I got to Vancouver. I ate everything. I ate carbs. I ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. If I didn't want to work out, I didn't work out. And I was also alone. I was in a place I'd never been. Nobody knew me. I had, like, a few friends out there, but I spent a lot of time alone. Um, and I just got to know myself again, and I healed. And That's amazing. Then, huh? I said, that's amazing. That's like, what a, it's almost like you went to rehab in a, in a way, but like a, a peaceful. I kind of rehabbed like, myself. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe, like, I think God rehabbed me, to be honest. Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like he took me out of, he took Your me out of all this. But yeah, like, I just completely, he isolated me and I needed it. I needed to just refresh and get away. And then my visa went through. So. I had also, oh, funny, so the crazy thing, after I actually, so to heal, I almost forgot I did this. I went a year without drinking or even being in a relationship. After when on that drive to Vancouver, I was like, that's it. Like, to heal completely, 
I'm not going to be in a relationship for a whole year and I'm not going to get drunk for a whole year. And I did it. I did not oh, get drunk or be in a relationship for you. I was really proud of myself. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause like, those are two things that are like synonymous with, especially being in your twenties, right? Like you're just dating people and like partying really like that's what like so many people do in their 20s so for you to actually like not want to do it and stick with it and like for yourself how were you in your 20s when when you were in your 20s did you go out all the like how were you how did you deal with your 20s oh my god (laughs) like I feel like I still am no I'm just kidding um well it's funny because I really I kind of I think I grew up really fast so I had like like honest to god like I started doing and I was a year ahead too so I started like in school so in grade nine when everyone like started doing like grade nine things I was really the age of being in grade eight but I was like still doing all those things like I started smoking at 13 and like drinking at 13 like because I was a because I'm a year younger right so I was really young so I had like a a very like college level experience smoking were you smoking like weed and cigarettes both Oh, really? Oh, jeez. I smoked. And did you stop? Yeah, I quit when I, I quit smoking cigarettes. I still smoke weed b- b- very periodically, but like maybe a couple times. It's okay. It's legal now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like I'm talking like barely anything. Like it takes me nothing yeah. to get high. Um, but no, I smoked cigarettes for about seven years after I quit when I was 20. So it's been about 10 years since I've quit now, but it, I still smoke oh, for congratulations. like. Congratulations. Thank you. I've heard that's like one of the most difficult things. So good for you. Yeah. Thank you. It's funny. I have such a theory on that because I obviously heard that too. But then when I finally, and it did take me a while, but what, while I was quitting, while I was going through that process, it took me like about a full year to really do it. Cause I quit about seven different times and started up again, and then quit again. Um, oh yeah. But I was like, finally, when I did it, I was like, fuck, I think we're just like trained as a society that it is really hard to quit. But I'm like, if you really just like, like simplify, it's really not that bad. Like, it's really not that hard. Cause I thought about, I was like, what the fuck is it about smoking that people are addicted to? And like, yeah, whatever the nicotine has its own thing. But I was like, all you're all smoking really is, is you're leaving your current environment you're going into fresh air and you're taking slow deep breaths either alone or with with one or two other people and all you're doing is like switching your environment changing your scene taking some deep breaths it's really just a form of like micro meditation throughout your day that's so true it's perception exactly perception like like so i'm like i can still make real it's real exactly so when i finally did quit i was like oh my god it's really not that hard like I can do that like Mm -hmm. you don't have to necessarily replace it with something but like as long as you understand why you're doing the behavior like you can still get those things in other way like now I think I just check out for like five minutes ten times a day you know what I mean because you're aware aware. you're aware and you're smart you're you can analyze it and you saw yeah yeah and and I think and like probably too I'm sure you know tobacco companies way back in the day were like it's gonna be really hard to quit because like their business was threatened when you know it came out that smoking was actually bad for you so I was like I'm sure all of those things have like it's all tied together but like no if you understand it's like really um you know not that difficult but anyway yeah no so I had like a, a college sort of level experience like really like in high school and um I absolutely like went off the rails and like was a psycho child and like was just like a, a like a like I had all this like all the, all the things you're talking about I'm like I, I can relate I can relate and it just took like same thing like finding yourself and like rehabbing a little bit and like doing all that stuff oh my god I want to hear your story oh my I god I know what no. you psycho off there. can you tell me a bit of like because we only met you and I just for to give all the listeners to a little background if they've listened to this far 
Heather and I only have met for about a few hours yeah, <laughs> yeah. on set. So I literally still have so much to learn about you. For like, real. What, what, what happened to you? Like flying off the rails or your 20s growing up because like i'm interested I, how did you deal <laughs> okay so in a very cole's note situation um uh and i'll t one day i'll tell everyone like my full story as well but no um well i think like just you know everyone goes through things right like um my mom died when i was really young my parents um also were split as well um they split when i was three and then my mom died when i was like seven. so just like a lot like a lot of uh like sort of trauma-y things happen like early on and then like everyone gets hit so differently with those things and everything trauma is sort of perceived differently by everybody that it does things to your body and your mind that you are not even aware of and it takes the rest of your life in I think to process that stuff understand it to see why your behaviors are a certain way um and then mixed with like th that's one thing dealing with like traumatic things and then you have to like do regular life and like what's your environment mm -hmm. like at home like who are you being raised mm -hmm. by what are your relationships like and it all has to do with everything that you're going through it's who's influencing you what's influencing, and what's influencing you? you yeah like i came from a very um like i lived with my mom and like i was mom mom mom, mom but then when she died i had to move in with my dad like i didn't know him so like i almost like met this oh my guy. god you had to do that too yeah yeah Oh like, my god like you you were okay. meeting i mean like i knew my dad like i mean and you know and he worked and he was doing his best to like you know provide for us like that's what he he was doing the best that he could but like i still didn't see the guy for the first like you know 10 years of my life really and so i like move in with this like st like stranger almost and i'm like in, in in this new house in this new town i've left everything i've ever known and i'm just like okay and then and then his family i mean i i love them to death they're my family obviously as well but like that side of my family is like everybody um well actually my mom's side of the family too but like all my grandparents are all war vets so that like i get oh so God. i'm so interested in like that part of things too because it's so amazing like even when i, when I watch movies i'm like emotional because it's so insane how that training bleeds down through the generations like it's like they're just so like tough and hard and cold and like tough love and very like suck it up and like that's sort of you experience how, it and like what and like yeah. i'm not trying to say by any means that i know what it's like to like be in that situation but when i see just training or i'll watch like clips of like you know how like soldiers are even just trained in the mental stuff that they go through and i like that doesn't leave you that is that becomes you and then you raise yeah. your kids that way and then they raise their kids that way and it's it bleeds down so strongly that like mm -hmm. you know and and then like i'm not that me as a person i'm very like loving and and connecting and i yeah. talk about things and like i was in an environment where like that was not the norm so i'm like trying to i almost myself. feel like that makes it harder for you well you find other outlets you have to adapt exactly yeah. you, you adapt or die so you 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 adapt as best as you can or you find other outlets so like i i went through like a horrible like drinking phase as well and like just like and, and i tried like a bunch of drugs and like i've done all of the, those things too or like you party you just like and it's weird because then it's also like sort of encouraged because your friends are doing it too but then you're like okay but like am i doing it to like find something or get away from something or am i just like partying because i'm in my 20s and i'm in college it's and like there that's your protective space but your protective space is the most dangerous place to be mm -hmm. and it's like you don't it's hard to see that when we're in it it's like it's such a it's like such a reverse thing yeah right yeah
And then until you realize like, okay, so- something's not working. This is making things worse. It makes it better for like the, yep. the current like hour and then like really you're worse off. So yeah, it's yeah. very similar to you. I just had to like go through all of this healing. And okay, I will say I've been with my husband uh, since, well, boyfriend at, at that time since I was 17. Yeah. So he like- Oh my gosh, girl, that is, oh my God, you're so lucky. <laughs> I wish- I wish I only had one boyfriend and one husband my whole life. I really wish I did. But you know what? Like, <laughs> okay, maybe not. But but I mean, that's so beautiful. That's like goals. It's like, but I mean, you know, it's there's good and bad to every situation. And that's like, that's really been the only consistent thing, to be honest, that's like so been beautiful. in my life. the most longest consistent thing I've like really ever had. And like he yeah. really brought me through like the worst times of my life and like, he was, like, oh, like saving, you know grace um so yeah it was so he so he really was like my rock and like and still is my rock and my supporter and everything That's so beautiful. so that, if I didn't have him I promise you I probably would would be in a ditch somewhere <laughs> but like <laughs> But then, like, you're, you know, that's even hard, too, because, like, you, like, I, I you know, you, it's, and I don't think any 17-year-old, 17-year-old really knows how to be in a relationship, but then, like, especially the type of 17-year-old that I was, like, I, like, I wanted to, and then you just, you don't know how, like, it, it's just, anyway, I'm gonna rant on for hours, but very similar to what well, I could relate to you, sorry. Well, quick question, like, when you, because... You were that loving person. What what age did you move in with your dad? How old were you? Ten. Uh, ten. You were yeah, ten. Oh, wow. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So that kid in you, that child in you at 17, even though you're in a relationship, you probably was still like, oh, my God, this is, like, love. Like, you knew. It's cool that, like, deep down, you knew, like, yourself, and you actually, you found what you wanted, and you still have it to this day. So you made a right choice, Thank girl. you, okay. thank you. you. And it's funny though because I don't think I, I don't think I consciously attracted it because when I was graduating from high school, like also my dad was very strict and I didn't have that weight. Like my mom was very like reasonable. Like we kind of like she would be more like fair whereas my dad was like these are the rules and like suck it the fuck up and like that's Girl, like, you can't escape your soul though yeah so but so <laughs> he it's found you <laughs> yeah so I I tried to so I was like going from my dad's like rules to like I was like I can't wait to just like call my own shots like be on my own like have my freedom whatever and then yeah. not answer to everyone I just like want to be alone all, like not alone but like I just wanted to like like move away and like just be with you yeah be with me yeah and then like literally like the summer that I graduated from high school is like when I started dating my husband and I was just like okay so now I've gotten myself in a commitment where all of these things but it's like like although maybe I was just like stre- like I just it didn't matter because like I just was weirdly attracting his type yeah. of like, love I don't know well hey it's like okay well you know if we're going by I'm gonna refer to the bible a little bit but it's like when two become one you know like mm-hmm you're we are now one so maybe you did become more complete and that's why like i mean you're still together if you wanted to be alone with you and you found the other half of you, yeah so yeah. technically oh, you are more you <laughs> that's a really right? nice way like, of looking at it and, and it's so funny because there's no even we've talked about it too there's like no way for us to even explain 
like and everyone would always say that too they're like you guys are so stupid you're young like why would you throw away these like years being together and and we never really looked at it as that like we weren't like hooking up with other people but like we still very much lived our 20s and like did separate things and like he went on vacations with his friends and I did the same thing and like we still made sure to like live those years because we didn't want to resent each other later and like no matter what too at the end of the day like there could be anything happening like we were both always kind of just like okay but like we I really like being around you like why would I leave that like and it all came down to like just like that simple fact of like I'm not we're not gonna throw this away and ruin this because okay I don't care okay a party of this or that but like I I genuinely just like love you and that's always been like the super base of like everything and I think if that's if that's where your friendship and love if that's the base of your relationship like nothing can tear you apart because you're just like but why would I leave this because <laughs> like, it's real yeah. it's real I think we make so many mistakes listening to other people when they're only speaking from their own experiences yeah. and their own insecurities and their own well if I can't have it then you shouldn't either and it's like the fact that you paid attention to how you felt he paid attention to how he felt you're two real people that were blessed enough to meet each other mm-hmm. and then love each other like that is and the best part too is like thank you very much and the best part too is like now that we're like older and whatever um like some of those same people that used to like chirp us all the time are like still single they like are looking for a like so it's just like ironic but um okay Mm -hmm. but I want to get back to you because um (laughs) thank you for asking me those questions but I just feel bad because the (laughs) listeners clicked on this episode to hear about your story not mine okay we 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 should just like hang out separately and like we can talk about everything all day long um yeah okay so tell me um i want to hear about like molly's game how the hell did that all that's one of my favorite movies ever i've watched it so many times so first of all oh, yeah uh-huh. um, um okay tell me about the whole experience from your point of view okay so molly's game uh i was cast on it as just a bartender so this was not an acting role it was just it was literally we need somebody that can just be a bartender and you're gonna be on set for a while but basically a background oh and um, are, you, are you in uh, la at this point because you said your visa had gone through <laughs> you're not in LA. oh oh so oh 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 so molly's game was before i went to la oh okay oh, um, it shot in and toronto, this is the other thing here. pardon because it shot here in toronto right it was shot in here in toronto yeah yeah so before i left um i shot molly's game um and so what do we want to talk about first molly's game or la sorry just um whatever you think is a better sequential um, sorry, I, I totally fucked you up there. Okay, tell me about Molly. No, 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 no. Hey, I, I loved hearing about your story because I was starting to feel like, dude, I'm such, like, re- reliving in my mind everything I went through because I don't like to think about bad times. I really yeah. am the person that is like, I don't, I try to forget. Like, I just, I know lessons, but I don't remember details of, like, what, what happened. So, um, let's see. So, Molly's Game. All right, so quickly about Molly's Game. Molly's Game I was only supposed to be a bartender on there for like a day and Aaron Sorkin basically was like, um, asked me if I wanted to be an actor on there for six days, um, and to have lines and was like, and I'm like, um, and of you're course, like, I think I have mean? something else to do. Aaron Sorkin. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. Like this is only my dream. <laughs> and he, he was the writer and was he writer and director or yeah. So, for a little, if anyone who doesn't know Aaron Sorkin, he wrote the Facebook movie, The Social Network. He wrote Steve Jobs' movie. He So he's like is, a biopic guy. Yeah, he wrote West Wing. He's a big, yeah. But he was really nice, really humble. Not creepy at all. Um, 
he uh, and the reason I say this is because he did end up giving me his personal email because I had wanted to go to school in LA um, and train at an institute out there that he studied at and he was like when you go there like keep me updated on my new it's so funny because I have not emailed him about LA yet I probably well now I have all the time in the world maybe I should <laughs> but he told me he wanted me to update him on what happened and he he basically on those six days he let me improv some of my lines so he was like you can say things that you think would fit into this scene he also gave me some lines it's funny because some of the lines that i had when it actually came out in the movie this whole section where they're playing at the poker table i don't know if you remember but it's the um the bad brad scene right mm. he's like bad bad was brad or, or brad was bad during that time uh jessica chastain is actually speaking over that whole scene so lines we had got completely taken out because now it was a narration mm -hmm. by her character so not only see the lines i had are in the movie unfortunately but, are you in, but in that stuff. scene like were you bartending when she moves the game up to like the penthouse of that hotel yeah i was in the penthouse yeah that was the where i got to go and it was the coolest experience because even at one point um, I learned really how they like their vocals like how they speak on set like the tone and how quiet it can be and it can sound so loud like Aaron actually he took me he he let me go into like the area you know where they sit the directors sit and all the chairs and they have the headphones on and they're listening while it's going on he was like I want you to see what it actually sounds like even she can be whispering and he put the headphones on my head. Mind you, actors, like, we don't normally, we're not really going to go over there, right? I'm not going to be like, hey, Aaron, hey, put your Aaron, director headphones you. on my yeah. head. You know, like, let me see how this goes. Wow, so he's but just he like a did. good guy. Yeah, he wanted me to see, like, this is how it translates. This is what we hear and how the actor speaks. And I was like, he doesn't have to do this, but he knows I want to write. And he knows that I'm trying to learn. And he's helping me, right? He even told us after, he goes he was like, you're really good, you know that? And I was like, you know, this is government. I'm like, oh my God. Because um, mind you, at this point, I had such a warped sense of self after all that garbage. He's like, I'm like, well, I'm like, I mean, I like acting, but I didn't really know that. He goes, no, you're really good. Like, this is wow. not going to be your last movie. And that really, I think I needed that. Like, I needed to hear that because I was starting to go, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing in this industry and all this stuff? And, and, uh, it was an extra push. And then he gave me his email too and was like, keep me updated on like what's happening with you. So again, he was, you know, we, we, we're, we have intuition, right? As women, especially, we know when a guy is creepy yeah. and weird. And I've, we've experienced that ever, how many times. So we know right away. With him, I didn't feel an ounce of that, that creepy thing, that weird ulterior it wasn't there. Like, he's yeah. a dad, and he was just chill. So I was like, this guy's genuine. Like, so when someone genuine tells you something, and they don't have to be nice to you, and you know they don't have you, an ulterior motive, because he was around. Like, other people were there too, right? I'm like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I can do this. And after that, and I did book and book and book. And before this corona thing, I was supposed to do two other movies that oh, now fuck. I can't do. <laughs> so Hopefully like, they'll wow. still happen. But... It was it was a really really great experience and definitely the best um, or the 
the thing, the job I've learned the most on so far, probably in terms of how everything works. So I good. think, I think too, he like, he's very smart to do that because I think too, like when everyone on set knows what the end goal is like the the whole thing is just smoother so like if he knew that maybe you were like you know an up and cut like not as experienced as like jessica chastain for example for him to show you like this is what it sounds like instantly you Mm -hmm. have a better understanding of like what pitch you should be at like should you be projecting like it's just so simple and like obviously that's why he's so successful because he clearly sees the value in doing things like that and and probably also he just really saw something in you too because like you said he's zero reason or obligation to tell you any of those things so he doesn't have to be nice to me (laughs) yeah so that's really good and that's just like makes sense as to why he's been become so successful because he understands like you know those those things so that's amazing. What mm-hmm. hotel were you guys shooting in? We weren't. It was a set. It was a set. They made it, they made it look like the Four Seasons in LA, which is crazy too because, so, you know, we're there for, for six days over a period of two weeks and like, he told me, he was like, this is literally what the skyline in LA looks like when he's in LA. He's like, this is what LA looks like. So, I'm like, oh, cool. When I moved to LA, I was like, this is what LA looks like. <laughs> oh my God, I'm here. Like, and it's that crazy thing about manifestation too, right? Yeah. Sometimes when we see ourselves somewhere and we can imagine it, we can make it our reality. And I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if it, it, that's why I was able to do it. But it's like, while I was there, I felt like I'm in the four seasons because I had done a shoot in the four seasons before. So I'm like, yeah, it does feel like the four seasons. And if that's what LA looks like, I guess this is LA. Mm-hmm. And it literally, that is what LA, the, the, skyline thing it looks the exact same it's crazy that is crazy so okay so then did you move so then tell me about LA now did you so Molly was first and then you did you moved to LA afterwards after being in Vancouver yeah so after four months in Vancouver um my visa went through and I'm like okay I am jetting it I'm going straight to LA so I hopped in my car and this is uh and I Drove myself. Now my now I have nobody else. So now it was like a three day, three three or four day drive to LA. I'm like living at a hotels. Uh, I get to LA, and this is also about the whole risk. I wouldn't do this again. I would not. I'm too old. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'm glad I did it before I was thirty. I got it out of my system. It was dangerous. Like I had so many dangerous like places I drove through, um, places I stayed, just scary things right what places because um, i'm picturing vancouver down to la like you're really only going through not really only but you're going through like oh no, i mean, I mean well, like, even like because even in vancouver like after i moved out of that guy's place i had lived somewhere else and i had um because so many unexpected things come up like at one point i did stay a month by myself in vancouver and this place was like kind of sketchy like mm. but um just different you know I guess experience things happen right so it wasn't just on the on the drive down but like places yeah I guess you could say places I went through or hotels or gas stations you stop at or you're driving late at night or you're driving really early and people you meet can can weird creep you out and uh but yeah I stayed in the hotels all the way down um and then when I got there I was like shoot like I'm spending crazy amounts of money at this point like on hotels on whatever and I 
park outside of a Whole Foods, and I'm like, I need somewhere to stay, because I had nothing lined up. I didn't know where I was going to stay, and I connected to the Wi-Fi, and I went on Craigslist, and I found somewhere to stay, <laughs> so I'm like, shoot, where am I going to stay tonight? I'm like, freaking out. Go on there, um, and I ended up staying with this family uh, for like a couple months before I couldn't do it anymore, so I stayed in North Hollywood. Oh, wow. After two months, yeah, I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I moved in with a different roommate, this guy, and he was like an, kind of trying to be an actor, but he did a lot of Uber stuff, and um, I stayed there two months, and then was like, okay, I need to live by myself now. Like, you know, you do roommates for a while, you're like, I need yeah. my own space. So I got a studio out in Pasadena, which was expensive, too. Like, that's the other thing about L.A., like, you got to be prepared. And uh, I was working like crazy when I was out there because I think I might have told you earlier, like, what I thought I could do going down there, my visa actually didn't allow me to do. So, like, oh. how here, you know? Right. So, <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, I can hear. I was like, did I just lose audio? Um, so, I moved to Pasadena, and then uh, I met somebody <coughs> and uh, started seeing this person, and we ended up moving in together. Um, and we lived there for, what was it? I think we were there for like 10, 10 months maybe. Um, and, uh, but not, okay, that's a whole other story. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, that's a whole, that, that story is a whole other thing. But basically, um, my lease actually expires there at the end of March. Uh, someone had broken into my oh, place. That, this is, uh, yeah. But yeah. Tell, tell us because the listeners want to hear yeah, so someone had broken into my place, and that's why I left and came back here. Um, it kind of worked out for the best because we have free health care, and our borders are now like, who knows if I would have been able, what would happen, right? Yeah. So I, everything happens the way that I think it's supposed to. So sorry, when did you actually come? So you came back obviously on a whim, and when that happened, were you just like shook and you're like, I need to get the fuck out of here? here no came like, back to toronto yeah, yeah yeah like in la like you just said like your lease literally would expire this month so it was obviously mm -hmm. fairly recent right so were you kind of just like um when you were broken into were you just like shook and you're like i need to get the fuck out of here and like go home is that like what you're oh my god yeah so it was really messed up also i learned a lot about the um <laughs> like the police in la like when i had called so i got home and I have two locks on my door, and I was there alone. Like, even though I had this lease with them, that person, they had had to work in Chicago sometimes um, for their job. So I was there by myself, and I had two locks on my door, a bottom one and a top one, and I only ever locked the bottom one. Um, but that day when I got home, the top one, I unlocked the bottom, thought I could open the door, couldn't. And I was like, why, what? So I, I had to unlock the top one, but I never locked it. So I'm like, who the, like, what happened? Anyways, long story short, I go in there, my back, when I tried to open my back door, it just, like, slid right open. I was like, oh, my God, like, someone was just here. Um, I called the police. I took the answer. They're like, oh, yeah, like, we'll be there. We're going to send someone over. Two hours later, no one's there. It's, like, 8 at night. I call them again. I'm calling them back. Hey, uh, I called. Someone just broke into my place, like, um, is anyone on the way? Oh, it could take an hour up to five hours. I was like, what? what? I'm like, hold on. 
like, what if that person was a rapist? What if they're outside my door? Yeah. What if they're waiting? Yeah. So I'm like, like, that would not happen here. Exactly. And I'm like, this is crazy. I was like, okay, listen, we're going to do the police report tomorrow because I'm going to go stay in a hotel tonight because I'm scared off my ass to stay here. Yeah. So I left. Yeah. So I basically stayed in a hotel for like a few days. Um, and then I stayed at my girlfriend's for a few days. And then I was like, okay, this is really crazy. And I was like, am I going to go back to Toronto right now? Like, if I have to move all my stuff out, I'm going to have to go back later. So um, the guy, I ended up going to Chicago for like a week and a half. And we basically stayed up in a hotel for like a week and a half. Um, tried to figure everything out, what we're going to do. And I was like, no, I, I have to move back home. Like, I'm not going to stay there by myself, and I'm not, I don't feel safe there, right? So I packed up everything, and I drove home. Um, actually, oh, wow. sorry. So I drove to, to I drove to Vegas, and then my sister flew there and drove with me home. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah, she's great. Um, uh, so that, that's kind of. Did like, at all, or, like, did you stay there a day, or did she just fly in and get right in the car and come home? Um, well, he, he went back there with me so that I wasn't there by myself. Um, so we both went back to L.A. and he helped me pack up everything and then I, I drove home, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, what, and while you were not here, like, were you getting jobs and stuff and auditions? Like, was that going well? All right, so when I found out that I couldn't uh, do, you know, the work that I thought I could do in the biggest oh casting my. agency for any sort of background commercial anything like that that i thought oh it's like canada like i can just go do that there um they wouldn't take my my visa for some reason Mm. even though i'm not sure if that was like that's what they said that they couldn't um because of something i was missing on or something the visa doesn't allow for and so it's not that i couldn't get certain jobs but it was that they the biggest casting for those things weren't wouldn't take the visa so I was like shoot I need to make money somehow at one point I had four jobs at one point I was working 80 hours a week yeah I worked as a personal trainer and consultant at Gold's Gym which was an amazing experience like I I learned so much about sales um I learned some of the best life skills doing other jobs and also that was part of my healing process because I had to have meetings every day with people who were insecure about their weight or people who needed help and instead of me focusing on me I got to help other people and I felt like I needed that. I needed, I needed to pay my dues. Like I feel like God had blessed me with so much and taught me so much that now I had to like pay it forward. So I had young girls that would come in and tell me their stories, even tell me their relationship stories and, and think of moving here with this guy, but he treats her like shit. And then, and I ended up telling her like, Hey, like on a side note, and I would get in trouble for my, um, managers too because they're like you spent so long with that person mm-hmm. and blah, blah blah but they would come back when I wasn't even there and they would drop me off gifts and be like thank oh. you for talking with me like because of you I didn't make that messy life choice because of you da, da, da. Wow. and like I was like life is so much more than me 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 life is so much more than oh my career my my la 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 make my mild validation it's like there's real people that deal with real things and so that was one of the best experiences that's absolutely Um, amazing and like if your manager or whoever was like smart they'd be like wow this is like an asset that we should never let go type of thing but not everyone thinks like that unfortunately a lot of them care about the bottom however 
I also hit their bottom line too. So they shouldn't complain. Oh. But, I mean, I worked at LA Fitness for a bit and I was like, I was the highest. Um, I made the most sales. I brought in the most um, profit in my entire district of, of SoCal, Southern California. Like I brought in more than even my regional directors, everybody like Wow. I killed it. Yeah, and I I had to leave. I brought in like sixty over like sixty thousand in like the first month and a half that I was there or something. Holy but shit! But the um, the uh, but my manager was this man. He was just not not the guy you want to work for, right? Mm. Aggressive, like really loud, and you can imagine. You know what yeah. I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so because of that, I was like, came out, yeah. and I yeah, so. That's but yeah, awesome. it was a. I didn't do much acting out in LA. I just <laughs> on, but I wouldn't regret it because I don't regret going because I feel like I gained so much more that I would have never got to live or experience. And I feel like that living actually will probably help my career for what I did. It probably it taught me because you know if we're around actors all day, models all day, everyone's very the same. Mm-hmm. Not the same, but like when you're thrown into all these different jobs and dealing with all these different people and doing one-on-ones with people every day, you're meet, I'm meeting hundreds of people every week. I now know I under, I have a different, like I've seen all these characters. Now. I was just talking to all these yeah. people. Like now you I, have the ability to be so deep with any character that yeah. comes your way because. Yeah. And you find out like you're asking people so much and finding out their hotspots or this or picking up on their characteristics. How do you deal with, this type of person how do you deal with this type of person how do you and just the human knowledge that I learned and the training and the I listened to podcasts from almost every day from the time I left for Vancouver to here it's like and now I'm on your podcast which is so funny because all I did was listen to podcasts (laughs) that's hilarious I just feel like I've gained so much and I healed like I feel like I've almost we never stop growing or learning, but I feel like in terms of healing, I'm completely healed from all that junk from then. It's like totally healed from it. So good. Yeah, I'm very happy. And I know everyone right now is going through this healing process of isolation, but I feel like I've been doing this isolation thing since I left for Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but now you can start a new decade, which is cool for us, like, like 90s kids and like, cause it's a new like decade for the world, but it's also a new decade for us. And, um, you know, you can start with this like fresh, clean slate and like Mm -hmm. how, and like you're focused and you have like all this life experience. And I think that's like so cool. And now you can just like, as soon as this isolation is done is just grab, you know, life by the horns and like really just go for it. Um, What's the first thing you want to do when this is have you thought about it like the first week that this is done what are heather's plans (laughs) that is such a good question i guess it really depends on like when this like ends because i'm supposed to be going on a vacation at the end of april which i doubt like that's gonna happen where were you going Um, I was just going to Vegas for, like, a couple days with my stepmom and my stepsisters just to, like, have a girl's, like, you know, getaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really looking forward to that, but who knows? But honestly, it'll Mm -hmm. really just depend, like, what week, what month, like, you know, if it's a summer, I hope it's not a summer day, I hope it's much earlier than that, but, like, um, I don't know, maybe just be outside, like, maybe maybe even, like, shake someone's hand and, like, not be, like, afraid, like, washing it. Like, I don't know, that's a good a question. Physical, physical connection. Yeah, like, hug a friend, like, who knows? Um, I haven't thought about it, but I will now that you've asked me, so interesting uh, question. What about you? 
probably say I'll probably go for a drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you know what? I even, it's weird, like, so I, I like animals, but I wouldn't say I'm, like, the biggest, like, pet person. I've never had my own real, like, pet pet. But my sister has this dog, Parker, and she's, like, the cutest thing. And mm-hmm. she's the first dog I've had, like, an actual connection with. I'll probably go see my sister and her dog. Aww, <laughs> and just, like, nice. just, like, chill out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Something simple, cool. Something simple just, like, things that w- just in- see, other, see other people, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, question for you. Yeah. This is kind of like mm-hmm. a one of a kind because it's the first isolation podcast. It's the first one I'm doing over Zoom. But did you um pr- like have have sneakers with you, or did you not? Um, do you have any sneakers like beside you? You know, I have a couple sneakers downstairs. Um, should I bring them up here? I know I'm going to take a photo with them later. Yeah. There's a, um, so there's two. I'm deciding between two. Okay. One is a pair of combat boots, and one is a pair of sneakers that I found when. I was just, I, we went out, we were going to go to the beach and I needed sandals. I didn't have a heel on them because all of my sandals had high heels. And it was like, this is so impractical. Like I need real beach sandals. So we went and there were these, uh, didn't even need sneakers at the time really, but these Adidas ones and we couldn't even, I've never seen shoes like them really. And I was like, these are so weird, but I don't need them. And we kept going back to them. Like he was like, yeah, these are really cool. I'm like, yeah, these are really cool. And they're not even my size, but they fit. But, like, should I get them? Should I not? Should I get them? And we ended up just getting them. And they're, like, my favorite shoes. Leisure shoes. Chill shoes. Just Oh, nice. Yeah. But the combats were funny because one of the jobs I ended up having out there was at a shoe store. And it was when I was dishing out tons of money to pay for my rent, my food, my gas, my car, my everything. And I was like, I really don't have money right now to spend on just shoes. And I got this job at this shoe store that was like the job from hell and I'll never ever work at a shoe store again but part of the job was they gave you a free pair of shoes by your choice you can just pick a pair of shoes (laughs) and I'm like damn girl I don't have money for shoes right now but I need shoes and I got took this job and I was like all right sweet and I picked a pair of combat boots and I wore them all the time and it's just it's kind of like a good memory of like how hard times got for me when I was out there compared to like mm. how much better I am now and like where I'm at now. It's like, it's yeah, just like, night and day. Oh. That's awesome. Yeah. You're like grateful, like for the lesson, but like happy that you're not there anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's like a nice memory of damn. Like I actually did that. Like I did that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was like, that was a perfect description of what I was going to ask you. Um, and like, t- yeah, well, we could talk about like the photo later. Um, so the last thing I have to ask you though, is what's like, and this is like, everyone hates this question, but I know you gave so much advice too throughout this podcast, but if you could give, um, like somebody like the younger you even like somebody who wants to do the same things that you've been doing, if you can give one main piece of advice, what would it be? I would say, um, Okay, it'd be three parts. It'd be, uh, or maybe four parts. <laughs> be yourself, trust yourself, listen to yourself, and pray about it. <laughs> and that would be it. That would be um, the secret code, I think, 
because if all else fails and this is coming obviously from my christian perspective but after you counsel or i would if i when i counsel with god after i'm done coming up with my own like oh i think this is best for me after i'm done talking with him about it it's like okay now i really know what i should do now i really can go with my gut because and that's like the final answer for everything i do now it's like that's how i run it that's how i play it like nice so yeah i love it. <laughs> that's it's what so i was simple think. and concise and like practical and doable that's amazing perfect um so well, that's well, oh sorry what were you gonna say I was going to say, now I want to know yours. Mine. I ask You're the yours. first person that's, like, reversed it and, like, interviewed me. I love it. Okay, I'll, um, I'll give some advice. Um, ooh, I don't – I would just say, um, like, I would say learn how to – learn how to really get comfortable with your gut feeling because I know how everyone says listen to your gut and – we've all been blessed with like a gut instinct I think from when we're like born but for me it took me a long time to like identify okay is this fear is this excitement or is this my gut fucking feeling like you know what I mean it it took me a long time to decipher what it was and so I spent a lot of time really like trying to like look for things to identify like no 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 this is different than this because I like you know what I mean so I think I would say learn what your gut feeling feels like because that way going through life decisions are so fucking just like oh my god I completely agree with you that's such an interesting thing to be comfortable you said be comfortable with your gut feeling Mm -hmm. we're so taken we're so like uncomfortable with it yeah and I've been there where I was like I don't know I don't know questioning doubting second guessing but that comfort you're talking about just like maybe I just tapped into that as of the past couple yeah nice it is it's really about that that's a great piece of advice thanks (laughs) yeah just like knowing what it is like how to identify it like is it fear that you need to push through or is it like just like listen you know what I mean so anyway yeah yeah thanks for the question (laughs) um okay well all of you guys listening uh thank you so much for your patience with the audio and i'm gonna get better at like figuring out like the best way to do this while we are all quarantined but i very much appreciate you guys listening um thank you so much Alyssa. and you guys can all follow her on instagram at Alyssa venice and so it's uh, a-l-y-s-s-a-v-e-n-i-e-c-e and you can also uh, always follow the podcast on Instagram at coming up in my sneakers. Um, and if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you want to give it a five star review, that would be awesome. I love you for that. Um, otherwise, have a great week and don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers. Bye, everyone. Wash your hands. Bye. And guys. wash your Thank hands. You, Heather. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather.